doing about beer because <laughs> well, i have what, some i have some too what do oh, you have fuck. oh what have you done okay i've pulled off my ring piece oh. <laughs> That's I've got this. it's well needed hold on hold on emergency i need to turn my light on have you actually seriously lost your ring piece i think he has Ooh. you got it this is a prof- this is a professional shit show. It is. Have you found it? I've, <laughs> I've got I've got say so Lise went to the shop and I was like, Lise, get me a, a podcasting beer. And she's like, What the fuck is that? And I'm like, <laughs> It's just like a weird it's gotta be like something different, you know, not like a a skull or a special brew or something. Or a Foster's. And then um she come back and she's like, oh, I got you this big milk stout. <laughs> so this is vanilla and what what is cacao? It's like cocoa, isn't it? Well, yeah, but why, why is it called cacao? I don't know. It's exotic. Okay, but it's not. It's probably just to make it more pretentious. But it's cacao nib, imperial stout, with a delicate alcoholic rating of 7.5%. That is not delicate. <laughs> That's very heavy. Here we go. Listen to this. Vanilla and cacao nibs layered... No, layer luxuriousness... Over a soft, wholesome stout, brewed with lactose for a rich, creamy body. Lactose? All right, with a rich, creamy body. I'm going to shit myself drinking this. <laughs> this stout stands for stands fast as a modern... Sorry, I'm looking at this very small writing. As modern global interpretation of the style, vanilla notes give way to a cacao nib bite with plenty of roasted chocolatey flavour, full body and robust. That is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. If you're looking at back-of-the-box quotes, that's pretty fucking pretentious. How does it taste? It smells like, co- smells like coffee. Hold on. I'm going, I'm going in. He's going in. Up. Yes, it's quite nice. <laughs> that should be the quote. <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's nice. nice. It's quite nice. I've got so a. It's, uh, like you, well, it's, it's a seven point five percent stout. Like it's not going to taste like anything apart from no stout, milky, milky, foamy goodness. Um, hmm. No, but I do, I do like the occasional. It's not a session ale, is it? No way. They're too heavy for that. I've got a, a porter this evening. Just a port city porter, uh, robust porter. It's fucking pretty basic. It tastes like a porter. It looks like a porter. It's a porter. So, there's not much else to say about that. No, happy days. Happy days. Right, let's get on with this shit. So, uh, welcome to the 8-Bit Shit Show. Uh, We're here talking about old video games again. Uh, So, when we're not doing this, sometimes we're we're streaming (laughs) video games. We just fucking love video games. How are you this week, anyway? I don't know. I don't always love them. This week, I did not love video games. That's true, actually, yeah. That's a fair assessment. This week was not a fun week. So this week we're playing Bill and Ted's Excellent Video Game Adventure, and it is not excellent. So, Or, or really even a video game. No. So I'll give you the back-of-the-box quote, and then perhaps you can give me your interpretation of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this it, is... It was... 
<laughs> we'll see. It was like my interpretation was the title's not even right. <laughs> okay, so an NES game based on those two bodacious dudes of movie fame. Excellent. History has been screwed up and only Sandimas duo can set things straight. Awesome responsibility, man. Ride the power phone booth to six different worlds. Galactic, man. Why do they keep throwing this in? Search for famous historical dudes throughout space and time. Most cosmic. Talk with the likes of Julius Caesar. He invented Caesar salad. No, he didn't. And Napoleon, the short dead dude. Send them back in time or you'll miss the Wild Stallions concert starring you, Heavy. It's a bodacious, mind-boggling role-playing adventure and your only chance to save the world and earn the respect you deserve. No way, yes way. Tom, thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's just Bill and Ted generally is quite shit. Yeah. Like, I know people remember this fondly, but it's, it's really bad. It's like some kind of, like, absurd 15-year-olds take on Doctor Who. It is it is really shit. Um, it's a product of its time, though, isn't it, Bill and Ted? It's like a very, very 90s-style humour. Um, well, it's all that stupid surfer lingo, but it's like done to a ridiculous degree. Um, but I think that there was potential to make a game based on this IP that was fun because you there's no limits to what you can do. Um well, I mean, let's cut straight to the chase. We're, we're going to be this. They've screwed this up phenomenally. <laughs> like, to, a point you'd actually, to, to a point you'd actually have to try. Like, it's fairly impressive how bad this is. It, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking shit. I mean, the kind of official the official description of the game, it's an action-adventure video game that is part of the Bill & Ted franchise and based on the film Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventure. It was released in North America by LJN. Anyone who knows that mm. name will know we're in trouble. Um, for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1991, the game's plot is not an adaptation of the film, but rather serves as an original continuation to the film's events. Well, let's hope we'll that get never happens. Story in a bit. We will get onto the story in a little while. Um... I mean, just where where did this piece of shit come from? That's the question we've got to ask. Uh, now, it was published by LJN and developed by Rocket Science Games. There's not that much... Um, there's no interesting stories about the development here because this was a movie licensed game. It's obvious why someone came up with uh, with this. Now, in my research, which involves Wikipedia heavily... <laughs> Rocket Science Games were founded in 1993, which is two years after they released the game, so that may explain part of the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that would, that would explain a shitload. So I'm, I'm going that there's a little bit of an issue on some of their stuff, but this was their first game that they um, released. They followed up with uh, the mutant virus crisis in a computer world. Right. Yeah. Loadster, the legend of truly of Tully Bodine. <laughs> Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, The Second Cataclysm, Wingnuts, Battle in the Sky, Rocket Jockey. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Obsidian and The Space Bar. So a good pedigree. So these guys were a small developer. The the main thing here is who LGN are, because these are the better known people. So LGN, LJN, sorry, a New York-based toy and video game company um 
and they're actually renowned for releasing terrible, terrible movie tie-in games. Um, let me just pull up. I'm just going to go live here. Here you go. List of video games. So they released the Nightmare on Elm Street game on NES, the Alien 3 game, the Punisher game, the Karate Kid. So it's all movie tie-in games, all fucking terrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else have we got? The Jaws game. Uh, so when when people see LJN, there's normally like a real big red flag for people. So, you know, this was kind of rushed out. It was um, the studio's first game. They did, we'll talk about the story and the gameplay, and they, they did try to do something with it, but ultimately the process of playing the game is where this all falls apart. Yeah. Um and the story and everything is completely nonsensical too. But yeah, that's that's where it came from. And LGN are worth looking up because they they've like I said, renowned as one of the worst developers and this is also possible worst publishers and this is also um one of their worst games. If not the worst, I think. Um I mean I make it's fine that it's nonsensical in terms of story because the films are nonsensical as well. I don't really have a problem with that, but the fact that it's done so badly it's it's impressive um so let's talk about um about the story then do you want to give us an overview of of what you're actually uh setting off to do in this well you wouldn't really know no that's true game. um this is one that really relies heavily on the manual which is fine that's a product of its time but i've, I've got a summary here so the story begins basically and this, again, you wouldn't fucking know any of this um, because there's some text clips and there's some nonsense. We'll talk about the sequence of gameplay events shortly, but it's it. Yeah. So the story begins when Rufus, who's cool, by the way, I fucking used to love Rufus as a kid. Yeah, I was like, and he's clearly like um, a little dodgy, but he summons Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. For a mission, the boys arrive at different times. First, Ted, then Bill. They are informed that time space rebels, who are known as the Time Rebels, have gone back in time, kidnapping various historical figures and leaving them stranded in different time periods. So, of course, that's going to fuck up everything. Yeah, you know, modern day as we know it, things are going to go to go to hell. So, they have to travel to the time periods where the the incorrect time periods of those people um, retrieve the people, as they're referred to in the game, his, as historical babes and dudes um, and return them to their correct time periods it has to be done as soon as possible for history for if history isn't made right the boys will bis- miss the big concert that will launch the wild stallions music career unfortunately rufus can only loan out a payphone booth for this trip once the mission is explained ted leaves bill ted leaves and bill arrives later rufus states that since they both came alone it is best that they work separately. So they're shoehorning in the fact that you only play as one character. And the other character never does anything. Like It's not like half the levels are done for you. No. Um, From there, Bill is brought up to speed on the situation. Bill is instructed to go back in time and leave items to help Ted along the way in each time period he visits. When Bill is done this, he will start his own search. Ted will also do the same for Bill's search after he has found a historical figure. So there you go. That's kind of the overview. And uh, yeah, I mean, utter, utter shite. But uh, I think the biggest thing there is that you've got this famous duo and then let's split them up immediately before we've even started to play this yeah, game it should be separately. called Bill or Ted's. Bill and or Ted. 
<laughs> well, like the actual title should just if you took out all the lies, so and would be a lie, right? It would yeah. be or excellent would be pretty much a lie. Yep, take that out. Um, adventure, I guess you could leave that in. Um, video games a lie. Yeah. So the title should actually be Bill or Ted Adventure. <laughs> I think that'd be much more much if more accurate. No, you, you don't, did you? I always played as um, as Bill uh, for the bit that I no, it's Ted. I played as so you you can play Bill? as either. Bill has the blonde hair. Okay, I played as Ted, so yeah. it should just be called Ted 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 Adventure. Ted Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's what it's now going to be known as. Um, so th- I mean that's the story sets you up. Um, well, it doesn't set you up. You have to read that. Otherwise, you won't know that's the story. Um, but the actual gameplay of this is what I want to get into discussion over. So <sighs> <laughs> this is where this game really falls down. So you start the game off um, and you're given this book of phone numbers of these historical people that you've got to go and find. Ooh, sorry, man, that fucking stout. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a kick. It's just like... Uh, so it's if, like condensed Guinness. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Nice. So yeah, you're given a phone book for these historical people, and it's got 12 pages of their pictures and phone that's, numbers. That's the other thing. There's 12 fucking levels on this game. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. That's another <laughs> fucking thing about this. But uh, so you can only dial one number to start with. You don't know which one you can dial. It doesn't tell you. <laughs> So you're just there to just flick through this book and hope for the best. So the first thing you do in this excellent adventure is dial phone numbers and get call engage tones. <laughs> and you spend like a quarter of an hour doing that Yeah. until you happen to find the right one. So once you do find the right number, you get a mini game and it takes you into the phone booth. And so, you know, yeah, like- this is now, now you're like teleporting back yeah. to where, wherever. And and again, so say you dial King Arthur, say that's the one that's open to you. You're not going back to King Arthur's time. You're going to go back to the new place that he is incorrectly inserted. Yeah. So this mini game, then it's it's that teleportation uh, style thing. So it's like a series of the phone numbers you've dialed. They're in like sort of uh, circles, and it's like a, a grid, isn't it? So your phone booth is trying to travel through this network and you can sort of catch Well, they're like connected by pipes, aren't they? Like some kind of twisty network of pipes. Yeah. So you can sort of catch the phone booth and fling it between the numbers and eventually you get to the end and it chucks you into the game world. That whole system's absolutely bullshit. I don't know why it's in there. Well, so just to go a bit deeper in what this actually is, yeah, you've got this network of pipes and then you've got a series of numbers in circles. You have almost all the numbers. Not quite. There's one missing. And then your phone booth is you can catch it in your circle, then it will rotate, and then you have to release it aimed at the next number in sequence. And it's incredibly difficult. Um, when you get... And if, if you don't do that, it automates the process. Yeah, but you lose lives um, by doing that. Yeah, but you lose lives. And when you get to the end, and you've dialed all the numbers except one, all you have is two purple skulls on the screen. You fire it at one of them, one of them will reveal the last number, and one will just take lives. <laughs> so at this point, we still haven't played the game. It's so stupid. It Why? just starts taking shit off you. It's <laughs> yeah. You've got here's here's some lives, so you can start playing the game. But before you get there, I'm going to fuck you over by taking five off you to, before you've even 
got into a level. Yeah, this is at the start of every level. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to like to actually get through the game, you're going to have to perfect this. Yeah, and it's not easy to perfect because it, trying to aim the phone booth is impossible. Um so anyway, you get through that and you get to the level and you arrive at uh, a large open world. Um and you've got very basic maps. Um now there's in the manuals only. Oh yeah, you you don't see the maps. You just you just jump into the world and that's it. You don't know where you are in the map. There's no reference point. You don't I think you spawn in random locations, so you just you have no idea where you There's are. There's definitely several spawn points. I spawned in different places. I don't know if they're if it's randomized or there's like three or four that. Well, I did. I think I read that you can choose by holding down on the D pad when you actually hit the end of that oh, mini game because you'd know that. It, well, exactly. It doesn't tell you that anywhere. Um, so <laughs> there's basically there's six different worlds that you can go into depending on what number you've dialed, I guess. Um, there's a medieval, a western, a colonial slash US revolutionary world, modern, a second medieval world, and an ancient world. Now, they look, uh, well, the medieval and colonial worlds look nigh identical. They've got a slight reskin. They're sort of lush green grass mixed with grey paths. Um, the modern ones look like the town out of Paperboy with like suburban houses and pathways. And then the ancient world and Western world are quite similar desert-looking landscapes, um, one with Native Americans, one with Egyptians. So the, the variation, it, whilst it's there, it's not vast. Um, I quite dig the look. I, yeah, I, it, if this was like a good RPG, yeah, which is neither of those things, but the, the look would go okay with that, the isometric top-down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sort of. It's it's not three D, but it gives a little bit of a sense of scale and be- and place. Um, but yeah, it's an isometric it's an isometric grid based map with sprites. Yeah, and as you say, it does look alright. Like you you go into it thinking, oh, this looks okay. Um, but then you start playing, uh, and that never happened to me. <laughs> That's fair. No, okay, I say playing very loosely. So basically as I said earlier, you don't know where you are in the, in the game. So what I think they could have done here is given you a map, press select. You've got a map of the world. Now there was maps in Nintendo power. Yeah, but they were rubbish. That also didn't tell you what you needed to know. No, because for each world that you enter, you've got to go and find that historical person. So in total, you've got to go and rescue 12 people. So that means you're going to go through each of these maps more than once, but each time you do, it's all random. So, these people could be in different places every time. So you can never learn the game, um, which gives it replayability, I guess, but not that you'd want to. So Tom, tell us about sort of the aspects of the gameplay that you thought um, were good and what were bad. Okay. So like you said, you've got, you, you arrive in this place and you've got to do two things. You have to find a, uh, a historical person, but prior to that, you have to find what they're calling a piece of historical bait. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this that? person that suddenly arrived in the wrong fucking time, like, if you, they, they would have noticed something was up. <laughs> so if you went up to them and were like, I can return you to your world, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, but not if you don't find my fucking paintbrush. <laughs> so, it's so like you have to capture them, it's weird. Um, So you're, you're walking around this map, and... Uh, 
because it's isometric and your D-pad is up down left right, it's pretty fucking confusing because you the the movement is like rotated on a forty five degree axis. Yeah. Um. So that's fine. You can get used to that. I was actually holding my controller on a forty five degree yeah. angle at some points. Um. But then to find so you you walk around this world and there's pathways and grass essentially and there's always two different versions. It's either pathways and sand or pathways and grass or pavements yeah. and gardens. You can walk on the pathways, but you cannot walk on the grass. But it doesn't just stop you going on it. You just fall over. Um, <laughs> except when you can walk on the grass. Which is never explained. Which is then when you can. Um, and sometimes you have to, but sometimes you can't. And sometimes you can. And there's not really and any... like Boris Johnson. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it is. There's not really any rhyme or reason to that. And you need to... I mean, we figured it might be when the grass is like adjacent to a path, you can't walk on it. Um, and when you're walking around, you're going to encounter certain people, NPCs that are either going to be standing, walking, or running. If they're standing, they will either offer you a clue or an item. And when I say a clue, they will say things like, I found something strange in the last fence. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> or, um, yeah. or an item, they'll be like, you know, you're in like a medieval place, and they're like, "Yo, here's this cassette tape I found." Where did the, you find that? Bill um, left for you. And we'll get onto their items and weapons. So, you, and you go and you can chuck items, and they do different things. And and um, to, so to find the historical bait, you have to just randomly walk into obstacles. So yeah. rocks, trees, or fences, for example, in the medieval world, and jump into them. Now, as you don't really know where they are. You've got to do this to every single object in the level and kind of have some way of tracking what you've done. Um, and I don't know, I would estimate that this is 100, 150 items you've got to like just randomly jump There's, into. It's fairly fairly densely populated with stuff, isn't it? So Yeah, like maybe a couple of hundred. There's a lot of... It's, they're big spaces. Um, and then you'll, you'll find some historical items. Historical bait. <laughs> and you go up to the dude or babe and they say, yo, I ain't going with you. <laughs> and you say, motherfucker. And then you get out your historical bait, which you would think relates in some way to the person. But often it doesn't, which again, we'll get on to. So sometimes they do. Rembrandt, you give a paint roller to, I think. Yeah. Um, Cleopatra, you give her a fucking credit card. Like, that's obvious. Classic. Um, and if you give the wrong item to the wrong dude or babe, then you have to start the game again. I think that would end me. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of other shit as well. There's some people that have these like multi-choice questions that you just have to guess the answer, but the buttons which cycle through the answer or select the answer kind of change. <laughs> so so you, you select wrong answers and they won't help you. Um but the actual act of playing this, the act of even walking around is so mind-numbingly fucking difficult, so frustrating and annoying. And every time one of these characters bumps into you, they take stuff off you. And I just, I didn't have even half a second of fun playing this game. No, nor did I. And for that very reason, it's just, it, it sucks all the fun out of it by being so fucking impossibly mind-numbingly boring to play. Because th th there's no fun to be had here, is there? At all. Um, None at all. 
So I think uh, we've talked, we touched on it, but there, there are some items to collect as you go through the game, and you can use them as weapons. I'll use that <laughs> very loosely. Um, so the items you can pick up are a pudding cup, and you can, the quote in the manual says, throw this little goodie and any locals will chase after it. Make sure you throw it away from where you want to go. There's a firecracker. Throw it and any locals on screen at the time will run away. If it lands near one, they'll blow up. It won't land near one. It goes miles. No, because they're, because every weapon you throw misses. Every <laughs> weapon you throw misses. Without fucking... There's no chance. Ne- I didn't hit anyone with anything at all. Ever. <laughs> The whole time I was playing, like uh, they, you throw them and they go in this ridiculous arc that just defies fucking physics. Maybe fucking Newton was in the wrong time period or something, <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. The next one is a highly dangerous textbook. This baby is just like a smart bomb. <laughs> what? You, it's a book. It's it's just a textbook, but it makes the locals that are on screen disappear in a flash. So that's useful. Uh, You get a boombox. It's not a boombox. It's certainly not, because when you uh, go to use this item, he just throws a tape on the floor and it plays music. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone around you. If you watch the Angry Video Game Nerd review of this game... You should, it's brilliant. um, Yeah, well, he has some very fair points that we will echo. And yeah, he, he throws his tape on the floor and it does not play music. (laughs) <laughs> it's a tried and tested method. So it's been proven very I mean, wrong. Can't argue with can't argue with the fucking facts. Science, bitch. Um, so apparently, yeah. Well, that if you do throw that on the floor and it does play music, then it will make everyone around him dance, so you can run away from them. Um, it says in the manual, but when the music stops, they will get pretty upset. Did you notice anyone getting pretty upset? Uh, not really. No, no. no. <laughs> but I mean, overall, in this game, there's. As we've just described, there's an incredible amount of things to do, but they just make it either impossible or no fun to do. And it's just, it ruins the whole Every single level is the same. Yep. And they're long. And it's difficult, but it's not difficult because it's challenging. It's difficult because it's actually an offence to play. (laughs) Are we getting a flavour of what we feel about this game? Um, I'm, I'm actually pissed off I spent time with it. Same. Like, Same. I'm quite annoyed at the guys who made it. Bad, bad people. They are. Let's talk about the um, the reception of the game. Uh, I mean, we could go into the characters. No, no, but... I want, no, 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 no. I want to talk about the historical dudes and babes. You do? Okay, well, let's go into that then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll not not too it. much, but just... Right, so... Now, I've heard people say, oh, this game could have been educational. It couldn't have, because it's, it's actually... I'm more stupid from playing it. But... I mentioned earlier that you have to give Cleopatra a credit card. Check out some of these bants, right? <laughs> Julius Caesar, you give him salad dressing. Oh, shit. Ooh, edgy. <laughs> King Arthur, you randomly find in a bush the Holy Grail. <laughs> it was there all along. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> this is my favorite. Jesse James. <laughs> you need to bait him with a fucking Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is ridiculous. Just give this gun-toting maniac a fucking automatic weapon. It's brilliant. It's br- <laughs> so there's, there's a couple that I did like on here. I like that you give Sitting Bull a chair. <laughs> That's quite clever. Um, George Washington 
a pair of choppers. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And Thomas Edison, a compact disc. What the fuck does that have to do with Thomas Edison at all in any shape, way, form, anything, ever? No. Just no. What are they trying to do there? Uh, it's just stupid, isn't it? It's, it's like there's... <laughs> What are they thinking? Why? Why didn't they at least like the guy? The um, the whole thing that they could have done with this is at least made it so that you learn a little bit about these characters, um, to give it some saving grace. But nah, let's just make it stupid as hell. So it's not even stupid. It's just lazy and thoughtless and fucking terrible. Yeah, man, it's not good. It's not good. So how did this get him get received? Let's let's have a look into that. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> mixed to negative reviews. Hmm, surprise. Right. But the first, it did get a 3.6 out of 5 from fucking Nintendo Power. Mm. What were they? How often did. Yeah, what was their agenda? Yeah. How often did Nintendo go, don't buy that, it's wank? <laughs> yeah. Don't buy this game we've licensed, it's shit. So they stated the positive side is Bill and Ted fans won't be disappointed by the video versions of the dudes from Sandemar, but also points it isn't easy finding items, meaning you'll spend ages wandering around. And that's frustrating. Mm. That's mm. that's putting it mildly, I think. Yes. Sugar coating power it. playing down. Um Game Players Strategy Guide, that long running company, <laughs> states it's a change of pace from the usual role-playing adventure with a refreshing, if somewhat overbearing, humour. Fuck off. It's not. No change of pace from good to bad? <laughs> yeah. From fun to Gameplay states what, what, what could have been a truly excellent video game adventure wound up as a mildly entertaining video jaunt. Hmm. Video games, computer entertainment states, the Verbosi, Bill and Ted... I've never known how to pronounce that. Verbose. Verbo- the Verbose. Bill and Ted themselves would likely describe this adventure as being bogus. But what we get can be called, can best be called average. These are way, way too generous. Because even, I'm, this isn't a case of us going back and being like, oh, old games suck because they're Not old. And, yeah. no, I fucking love old games. So I'm more harsh on new games. Yeah, man. This game just fucking blows. Um, OneUp.com gave the game an F grade, but features no feedback. Does that say? Even, they were like, F for fuck this. It just says more than giving any sort of uh, description, doesn't it? Honest Gamers gave the game a 4 out of 10. That That's sounds generous. like a dishonest review. It's not a 4 out of 10. It's not. This does a reasonable job of making you feel like you're exploring different historical periods. Does not. Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure doesn't really do anything else right. Just Games Retro gave it 22 out of 100. It was a 100 point scale these days. It had, like, like you could be that specific. It's not 21. <laughs> no, don't give it a 21. It had all the ingredients. Uh, lots of these are aggregate. They'll be like graphics, sound. And I never, yeah, yeah. I always think those reviews are bullshit because there's, the game is far more than the sum of its parts. And in this case, it's far less. Um, <laughs> It had all the ingredients, yet fundamentally obvious problems that any gamer will catch in 10 minutes, making it an unplayable mess. So why would you give an unplayable mess 22 points? No. If it's supposed to be a video game. No, give it zero. It has to be fucking playable, or it's a zero. Yep. FlyingOmelet.com gave it a one out of five, saying, 
Thankfully, the Bill and Ted movie got a proper sequel to cleanse the territories stolen by this forgettable outing, which is more of a bogus journey than a real sequel claimed itself to be. Yeah. That's the reception. I, th- I think this. I think that it's been treated gently. It has. Some highly generous comments there, which aren't deserved at all. This is a shit game, and they have. I, I don't know, maybe at the time they. No, actually, no. Even at the time, it was shit. Sorry. This is just not a good game. So, do you want to. Let's sum up here, Tom. How. Give me your your thoughts on the game then. Your overall view. This is. So, th- this is one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. In every single facet. <laughs> every single facet. Except possibly. I. I I let it off a little bit because it looks kind of cool. Okay, that's fair. But then, like, the music, like, the, the fucking music doesn't even loop in the game. So you get the shitty little tune for 30 seconds, and it just stops, and there's no more music on that level because they couldn't figure out how to make it loop. Fucking dumbasses. <laughs> it's just silent. So you have to play the game in silence as well as not being enjoying um, the gameplay. Internal areas look kind of cool. Yes. Um, if you could find which doors you could actually go through, because you can only go through a few of them, and the other ones that look exactly the same and are open just bounce you back into a fucking enemy, costing you lives. Um, the minigame intro is incredibly fucking stupid, from the phone book thing to the stupid flying around phone booth fucking bullshit that just doesn't let you get into the game. And even when you do get into the game, it's terrible. Yeah, okay, 100% relies on you having to read the manual to even understand what you're supposed to. I think that's okay because games did come with manuals yeah. then. Yeah. Um, but then even with the manual, it's almost impossible to play. Like, reading the manual was the best part. <laughs> it sounded better than it was like, in the mile. manual. Fucking by a mile. Um, the whole experience is trial and error. Mm-hmm. Everything is just trial and error. It is possibly the worst controlling game ever. Yeah. Um, the rules are completely inconsistent. Can you walk on this? Can you walk on that? No, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Is this dude going to do this? Is he going to do that? I fucking don't care. The items are stupid and useless and don't do anything. And <laughs> they never hit anyone anyway because... Like, if you notice how he jumps as well. He <laughs> jumps miles. Oh, he jumps miles sometimes. Oh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes he jumps about three fucking pixels. <laughs> like, you can't jump. You can't make a timed jump in this game. No. Because you don't know when he's going to jump in relation to when you press jump or how far he's going to go. <laughs> um, I had absolutely no fun whatsoever. That's, I think that's an absolutely, yeah, spot on, fair assessment. I echo all of that. This game is, is horrible to play. I mean, it does look nice, and I, I've got to say that as well. It's, you know, it, some of the design work is, is pretty good, but the gameplay is so bad that it doesn't really matter. There's, there's some style but no substance. The movement completely sucks. There's no sense of where you are in the level at any one time because they couldn't be bothered to put a map in there. And the item hunting just makes absolutely no sense. So, yeah, it's it's really bad. There is an element of choice in there. We talked about earlier where you speak to some of the NPCs, but then you get some dialogue choices that are so nonsensical. It adds absolutely nothing to the game. In fact, that probably pissed me off even more. Um and I don't get why they made this game about Famous Jew and then split them up immediately. It's just stupid. So overall, this game is, I mean, to me, it's complete guff. And I, I never want to pick it up again. So, <laughs> so 
That's my word, man. It's good. Go <laughs> Just spatially irrelevant. So I think we've got one final thing to do here, Tom, and that's um, let's give this game an eight-bit shit scale rating on behalf of the People's Democratic Republic of Wales. So this game, I actually I cannot adhere to the People's Democratic Republic of Wales rating. I'm going to have to defer to the <laughs> Ken Fox Democratic Republic of Ireland rating and give this a proper bollocks. <laughs> nice, fucking nice. bollocks. Sorry, yeah, you've mixed them up there. We're giving it a fucking bollocks fucking slash proper, proper fucking bollocks. Yeah, in this... every way. Yeah, don't play this game. Um, don't waste your time. So that's our that's our thoughts on this one. Um, hope you've there you go there you go the the eight bit shit show playing games so you don't have to. <laughs> that should be our tagline. Well, sometimes <laughs> anyway, we do play good games as well. Um, but yeah, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. You can find uh, all of our content on happyhourgaming.net um so go check that out and uh drop in to our discord which for the uh, the link for that is on the website as well come and chat to us about games you want to see us play um we love to get people involved giving us suggestions um and giving us you know uh feedback on on what they want to see so yeah. yeah discord's been going off recently we got we got some some bros and hoes on there it's good we have some historical dudes and babes so exactly current dudes and babes so yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh, we will see you again for another episode of that 8-bit shit show